Welcome back in listeners to another incredible episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have two incredible guests joining us today. We have the directors and creators of Maestro's Magical Music Box Live, Nikki Kasseri and Brandon Schrammel. The show is playing May 6th through the 28th at the Crane Theater, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting frigid.nyc. But in the meantime, why don't we welcome these two amazing guests from Maestro's Magical Music Box Live. Nikki, Brandon, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hey, thanks for having us today. Hello, so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk more about this show. All, all the conversation we've had before we started was incredible. This is this sounds like such an amazing show. I do want to preface it by saying that this is a children's theater piece, which, as I was mentioning, we don't have a lot of children's theater on our show, which is a bummer. So I'm excited to have you two here to talk about it. And let me first ask uh, you guys to tell us a little bit about this show. Okay, so hi everyone, this is Nikki. <laughs> so this show started about five years ago as my best friend and I just chatting and she wanted to teach music on YouTube from our living rooms. And I was like, ooh, okay, but like, let's let's up it. Yes, and so we decided to create a YouTube series for children based around music education. And we wrote some scripts and we were only going to shoot the pilot. And then our director was like, why should the pilot? You've got five scripts. Let's do it all. So it was the whole thing has been a slew of yes ands for the last five years. When we went and chatted with our, um, the, our friend who let us use his studio to shoot the YouTube series, he said, Nikki, this, is, this has got extreme potential. So I really want you to go all the way, like figure out a business plan. Like how can you make this an empire? And so- my biggest concern for that style of thinking was great. So the point is free education and inclusivity. So we took that into consideration and halfway through the pandemic, as we were editing and we ended up being stuck on our computers editing, I was talking to my aunt and she goes, okay, now's a great time to find someone to dub it in Spanish and go back in the studio and add American sign language, like make this absolutely inclusive so that every child can see it and understand it. So we did that and we added crafting. Fast forward about a year ago, our friend on our softball team, woohoo, sports. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. He said that the theater that he worked at was looking to get their children's educational, children's entertainment back up since the pandemic. And he thought that it was a really awesome opportunity. He really loves what we do with our YouTube channel. So we decided that it was time. Time to write a full-length children's show, um, book show, use our original songs. And I, I'm i actually I'm really, really proud of what we've come up with. It's probably way more than I thought it would be. And the response from our friends who have seen it at dress rehearsals so far, it makes grown men cry. So the theater <laughs> that she mentioned was indeed the Crane Theater, yeah. which is where our show is being put up. It is 40 minute musical dynamic adventure and it covers it covers some music education. It covers conservation as well and most importantly perhaps uh, conflict re resolution. So uh, something that I think even adults could <laughs> could grasp a little bit. 
people need to learn how to deal with conflicts. <laughs> but also what's great about it is despite the educational fund, which is all national standards of education, it is really, really compelling. And the feedback that we've gotten from kids, oh my gosh, one of our friends brought their nine-year-old to the show, Julian, and he said that uh, his favorite part was when Petey the Pelican- no, no spoilers. <laughs> well, there's a, a conflict that's resolved. Yes. And we'll see. He was very touched by the resolution of the conflict. And I'm like, for a nine-year-old to say that that's their favorite part, oh my gosh, yes. They get it. We also yeah. had a two-year-old at that show. And this is a two-year-old who's a typical two-year-old, can't sit still for anything. And uh, he sat still for the full show and was mesmerized. And I cried. Yeah. The thing that distinguishes this live version from the YouTube show that we have, that it's based off of, is this is a, a full, you don't really need to have any knowledge of the show coming in at all. It's a full story, even kind of like an origin story for Prima Ballerina, one of the main characters. And it, it's, it follows a, a full, full little arc for all of our, well, there's more than three characters. There's three actors, but uh, one of our actors is very busy as they play many characters. He's a puppeteer. Uh, and so, yes, we have... He's, he plays several puppets, and, and also he plays a character without a puppet at one point. That's right. So it's it, it's it's quite a journey, and, and we both co-wrote this stage adaptation, and it was a lot of fun directing together and, and working together to bring this to life. And uh, Nikki also had an, uh, an idea for a segment of the show that, that I thought was really cool. It kind of harkened me back to, like, Mr. Rogers when mm -hmm. he... Uh, interviews you know artists on the street or out at their workplace or whatever and, and that is our our guest artist we have a different one every show and, and that's kind of uh, something that other shows don't have so we have a different guest artist and it, it's it's fun because we have everything from a makeup artist to a, a toy maker to a, a milk and cookie spa and salon we uh, have we'll, we'll plug them there they, <laughs> milk and cookies they'll be doing a, manic, a manicure for one of our shows like a fun little bug manicure for the boys yeah um, we also have um, a children's book author coming one day and we have children's illustrators coming on some of the other days yeah. So it's it's got a something long winded to your to your question. Yeah. It's for everyone. It's perfect for ages three to ten. I love but I love all this. This sounds also amazing. <laughs> We're kind of excited about it. <laughs> what has it been like developing this stage version of the show? Oh my gosh, can I tell you? Doing the YouTube channel was it was stressful. It was our first time producing something. It was so much fun, but it was the film world, which we love, but you, you don't get the same feedback that you do from a live audience. So from start to finish, I would say like creating the live show has just been so cool. We've gotten to see a few kids so far who just lost their mind for it. The actors are Oh, I'm mind blown. I knew two years ago when I worked with our lead actresses, I worked with them and I was like, if we ever do a live version of Maestros, I want them. They are so talented and smart. And I, they just have this chemistry that 
people pray to have on, on stage. And so we have Sierra and Emily and Sierra, another amazing thing. And she just posted on, on Facebook last week. And I thought this was really cool. She reached out to all, all her community of friends because she's like, so she's BIPOC and she's like, this is a character that I've always wanted to embody. And it's made up of Magic School Bus, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, Reading Rainbow, a uh, little bit of Blue's Clues, all those like nine, 80s, 90s shows that we grew up on is wrapped up into her character and even the prima ballerina character. And then we have the puppeteer who plays multiple characters, all hilarious, including a New Yorker pelican. Just imagine that, a pelican who's a New Yorker. Watch out. And Sir Kinsey, who is a British usher. <laughs> and if, maybe a few others developing this was was really a, a treat because we i i honestly wasn't involved too much in the youtube but i i helped as a producer but it was definitely much more nikki's project and <laughs> but then because i was doing my own stuff but yeah. now this this live theater thing opened up and and we both like equally contributed to this and it was fun to play off of each other and and uh create some new songs and we had some read-throughs with various friends and and some of the cast members and we uh we're like you know we're missing us we need a song this isn't the right song here we we need a new song and so we wrote a song which mean meant we had to reorder the whole show have it make sense and that's just one of the the many things so there's the challenges that arise but the fact that we got through it together and we're like this yeah this is what it needs and that is is what we what we've done and just to see it come to fruition in the theater we have like the choreography it, is amazing too that that's a the one thing that i have always believed in is if you're going to do something go all the way go big or go home and so i don't like to start a project or anything. And I've been like this since I was a kid. I would stay up all night doing a project, crying because I was so tired. But mom would be like, go to bed. And I'd be like, no, it has to be perfect. That's what we want to bring with the show. And so we had a we have a choreographer. We give notes about choreography. I know it's a children's show, but hey, if you're gonna throw your hand up, you gotta throw it up on the on the same time. It has to be straight. <laughs> you know, if, if you're gonna do a little Susie Q, you gotta pop those fingers. We just we we wanted to have an a full show and in every way, shape and form from lights to characters to choreography. It's, I want, we want it to be an experience that kids are going to remember forever because for a lot of kids, this might be their very first theater experience. So planting the seed of creativity and love of the arts at such a young age. Oh my gosh. I hope it opens doors for them. And of course you got to have the magic too, because it's a, a magical music. There's box, magic. So. Yeah, we definitely have a, a lot in the show and the YouTube series. And, and it was also fun, like trying to figure out how how can we translate this to live theater? Yeah. But we're, we're pleased with the result. It's been fun. And it's especially been Especially so Little Prima Ballerina was our, our brainchild that we came together. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, but, yeah. uh, but it works. <laughs> because the Prima Ballerina in our show is from a music box. She's tiny. So she's tiny. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that on the stage? You'll have to come see it to find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is the message or thought you're hoping that the audience takes away from the show? 
Yeah. I think the message and the thought that I personally would like the audience to take away, and this goes for kids and adults alike, is that through the arts, you can go anywhere, you can be anything, and you can apply that to your real life. We're both, well, all of us are artists and we're successful because we are working in our craft and we're creating every day. And that is how I personally measure success. I want kids to know that they, they have, the, the world is at their fingertips. Hmm. If we can do this, they can do this. You can. And, and that's why the guest artist segment is really important because we don't just have a, a singer on. I mean, we could, sure. but you know, we have a, a book author or yeah, a candy maker. You know, you, you can be anything. Everyone has their own talents that makes them unique. And just to have them know that they, they can apply those talents and help better this world. That I think that's really the message that we're we're trying to to get out there, and that's and- also why we have American Sign Language interpreters, because you know American Sign Language is the third most used language I believe in the United States, and so there's a whole population of children growing up who go to. I mean, I don't even know if they can go to a theater show without you know, really having a whole explanation beforehand because it's not something that even Broadway houses offer. A few years ago, I did a pilot with a man who was deaf who has been on Broadway since. And he was one of the very first deaf actors on Broadway. And now you've, you know, with Coda, the movie Coda, so much more is is being encompassed now and accepted that should have been accepted from the beginning. And so there's that's the inclusivity aspect of yeah. what we all do is that kids should be able to come to a theater show and even if they can't hear it, completely be able to understand it. And so we, we're very excited to have our ASL interpreters on Saturdays be there for hopefully a bunch of kids that will show up. That would be amazing. Yeah. And like I said, there there is like, obviously the music education in there, but it's also in the show, like how that applies to your life. Things that you learn might be in one subject, but you can apply them to a different subject. Yeah. And that whether it's, we talk about conservation, which is really important to us, both involved with the wildlife conservation society, but also conflict resolution is is a huge part. And it it's one of the biggest takeaways I want kids and adults to take from this show is that, hey, I learned this earlier, maybe about music, and wait, I can apply this to having a an actual conversation conversation or argument, what have you, with another person. And hey, I can actually listen to you and maybe we can we can learn from each other. I love all <laughs> that. Well, my <laughs> final question for this first half of the interview is who do you hope have access to the show? Yeah, well, we hope everyone has access to the show. Again, on Saturdays, it's American Sign Language interpreted, and our interpreters are incredible. They've been here with us through the whole rehearsal process as well. They're very animated. They're they're phenomenal. We've seen their work before. We hope that kids with special needs come. Our makeup artist who designs the makeup, her, her sweet child has autism and is nonverbal. And he's watched the YouTube channel and has tried to sing. And he's going to be at the show on Saturday. It's one example of how arts education can connect you. So we, we hope that it is 
all-inclusive that anyone can come and see at any age, any ability. The one thing that that I wish we had a workaround for is that it's not wheelchair accessible. There's a lot of stairs to get in. But if you want to come and you're in a wheelchair, you let the theater know and I will come and I will carry you in. <laughs> I'm not the strongest person, but I will try. I, I, I really, I really want anyone and everyone who feels like they want to be part of something special to come and join us. Yeah, ideally we want we want all families there of all backgrounds, nations, what have you, uh, abilities. Yeah. But it is, I think, officially we have recommended it perfect for ages three to ten. But obviously, it's 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 for everyone. Yes. It, it, there's even stuff that only the adults will get. You know, <laughs> you know, like it harkens back to. I remember watching Shrek as a kid, and I'd be like, "Oh, why, why is mom laughing so much?" Okay. <laughs> I'm going to laugh too because they're laughing, you know. (laughs) So it's a good time. Yeah. second half of our show we always like to let our listeners get to know our guests a little bit more and i want to give that opportunity to our listeners now and i want to start things off by asking you to you know what or who inspires you what composers playwrights shows have inspired you or do you love well that is so (laughs) i could i could talk for hours i grew up singing with my grandmother who was a self-taught pianist and accordionist and I grew up on Gershwin and Irving Berlin those are my jam and singing about love before I understood love was awesome my my grandma definitely instilled the seed of music in my heart and so I would say Gershwin Irving Berlin but honestly any show tune you know the hard ones, the easy ones, the ones that stay with you every day for a week. Even honestly, the current stuff is catchy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry <laughs> for what I said. But one thing you will often hear me doing if you come into my house at any time is listening to Disney. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I can attest to that. I grew up on it. My dad often likes to remind me that he has seen The Little Mermaid so many times because of me as a child. So D- Disney is, that's, it's funny that you asked that question because Disney is how we, the new song that we wrote for the show, that's what we told our arrangers we wanted from it. We wanted it to be Disney-esque, to have that that extra little something of glitter. So and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of on the other side of the, the totem pole. What, what really, I, I got into theater probably later. I was uh, like 14, 15, um, probably when I really started listening to it. And I really loved the like dark stuff. I saw Sweeney Todd, like a high school version of that. And I was like, Wow this is so much cooler than Annie or, you know, like, not, nothing's wrong with Annie. But like at that time in my life, I was, you know, I was a teenager and I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. So I listened to that and, and Les Mis and, 
and Jekyll and Hyde. Like, so all that like heavy stuff I, I was really into. So I, I love, I love Sondheim and, and I, I do, I'm a, I have a guilty pleasure of, of Frank Wildhorn, but it's, that's great stuff. But yeah, so since the pandemic, I've actually gotten a lot lighter. I feel like, cause we also uh, write, uh, we also make short films. We have a, our production company is, is Dream Sweet Films. And that, that's actually what Maestro's is under as well. But I've, I've only written like comedies since the pandemic. Cause I'm like, we have too much darkness in the world. So, <laughs> and, and Maestro's fits, fits right in. So I'm happy to uh, be a part to spread some joy. But don't worry, there's layered characters in even the children's show. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I love those answers. Have either of you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listener? I think on the count of three, we could say what we've seen that we really loved. Ready? One, two, three. Shocked. Shocked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, loved it. First of all belly laughing almost the whole time every joke you just did not you thought you knew what they were going to say and then they take it a step further their branding incredible after we after we saw it i was like ooh we're going to pivot our show a little bit i want to come up with some really good one liners come see maestro's magical music box hashtag #unbox the magic mm. <laughs> but yeah but... i could come up with but also their merch section so cool and yeah. so when you see maestros you might notice that i got inspired so we have like a we have a whole freaking merch section because i was like they need to have cool things like they did at shucked talk about a surprisingly hilarious well-written show it's like he Haw the musical oh yeah. my gosh i don't think i've ever laughed in every show any musical yeah. i've ever seen i've ever laughed as much as i did and that there's plays i've i've laughed at that much but not uh not a musical and yeah it, and but even the music was just phenomenal it was so good and the cast like and yeah the directing i it was all top notch to me I was yeah like, give it all the tonys well and another <laughs> thing that i think we both really loved is that you know, there were some noticeable people in the cast that we have like heard of or seen, but, it, you know, props to the famous people out there. It was a cast full of very talented human beings that didn't live off of their fame. Not, not much stunt casting. So. Yeah. So I would say definitely, definitely see that one. Uh, For sure. That's number one on our list. We also recently saw, because we have puppetry a lot of puppetry in our show so i wanted to do a little and I'm, a little research. I'm, a, I'm a puppeteer as well so i wanted to check out the puppetry in, in life of pi and it's it's a it's a beautiful show that i forgot how dark that show is i'm like oh my goodness but yeah just just the puppetry was just phenomenal three puppeteers uh, on the tiger oh my gosh not not a moment is that tiger not a tiger no. Yeah, like down just to the little flick of the tail. I mean, phenomenal puppetry work in that show, yeah. and and acting too. I mean, the the guy who plays Pi is like I think we saw on the, stage the whole time. Phenomenal, really great storytelling. I think we saw the alternate. I forget his name, but yeah. yeah, he he was he was great. And then 
they did a i'm like this is a director's dream show to yeah because there's so many things you could do and i definitely want to see peter pan goes wrong yeah it's so good because i love the play that goes wrong (laughs) what is your favorite part about working in the theater i i mean both of us have we've done a ton of acting you know and live theaters and it's actually how we met we met doing a, a passion play musical yep about jesus callback yeah but it's it's just the immediate hopefully the gratification that you get the the you see the impact that you're making on on people mm-hmm. and just to get that immediate feedback is is great everything's everything's live and it's it's just exciting every night to be telling a story that maybe you've done a hundred times, but it's it's brand new to this person who just stepped into the theater and you're you're telling that story and you're re- reliving it to its its newest unique extent. So yeah, I, I just yeah, the immediate feedback response, yeah, yeah. yeah. the live clapping. Sometimes the laughing in places you didn't know were funny, you know, things like that. For me personally, when it comes to as an actor, I love being directed. I love being directed. I love coming in with my own ideas and then being like sideswiped by a director. Hey, this is important. And this and I'm like, oh, gosh, adjustment. It just it feels so good to collaborate as a director, producer, blah, 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 whatever we are now. Everything collaborating is it just brings my soul so much joy. So rewarding. It's so rewarding. When we had our reading and and you know, we had our actors reading for the roles and we had a few friends come and they were like, "So um that song, yeah, it doesn't really do it. What if you flip these two sections and wrote a new song?" And of course like I'm not like, "Oh my god, I can't do that." We're like, "Yes, let's do it. This is the biggest coolest meal we've ever had." You know, it's just creating and developing something together and being open to it because i've i've known a lot of writer directors who i've worked with in the past who they're what they've written is is, it is important it's very important but when you're open to what your actors what your co-directors what everyone involved in the production has to offer it opens up the show to endless possibilities Mm -hmm. one thing i've learned about myself i think as a writer director is I really enjoy co-writing it's always fun to write on your own but I feel like when you're collaborating and and writing with someone it's like it's really cool there's another voice yeah Yeah. there's like it's not all Disney there's Sweeney in there too but you know (laughs) <laughs> dare you <laughs> but that's but isn't that what what great storytelling is it's like it's the joys and the sorrows together it's it's reflecting life even through a children's show even through puppets even through our maestro and our prima that are so cool and and good it's make believe a little bit but also reality love that. that's yeah. what i love about theater <laughs> about what we do there's always always a piece of yourself that you see in every story no matter how fantastical it may or may not be yeah 
Yeah, it's, it's very, very cool theater. Uh, and we do a lot of film as well. So it's I just love the process of, of live theater so much more. The rehearsal process, you you get to really dig in and, and explore these characters. Whereas, you know, you come in as, as a guest star in a TV show, you're like, you're there for like one day or for a week. And it's, you're like, a guest and they're like hey you meet all these people and it's high and by and we'll do one rehearsal okay you're good you know it it you don't really get that cast bonding experience that you're actually part of the team you know unless family. unless you're a series regular or a lead you know i guess but even if you're an ensemble member in theater you're a huge part of that story well, love all that i was gonna say one other thing but i know we've been like chatting on and on and tangenting one thing that i have always loved from day one about theater specifically is what happens in the moment happens right so like i'll call back to a moment i was doing 39 steps and my wig wasn't completely secure on opening night and so there's a moment where we're going through the fence and we're handcuffed together and he pushes the female down to pull her through and when I w was pushed down, my hair fell off. And so because like things like that happen in theater, sometimes mistakes happen and it's kind of the coolest moment because instant, instant creativity flows. Right. So I, of course, said, oh, shit, my hair fell off in a British accent. But um, in that moment, but like that's the coolest thing about theater is you are seeing a moment between characters that's really happening right in front of you. And if something is said a little differently, there might be a little different reaction. And I just love that about theater. Yeah. Love that. Well, we have arrived at my favorite question, which I'm so excited to hear your answer. And that is, <laughs> what is your favorite theater memory? I will obviously take uh, this over for a minute. Okay. <laughs> I, have a, I have a lot of favorite theater memories. But I was calling back to one of my very first theater memories earlier today. I was in middle school and our choir took a trip up to Toronto because I'm from Buffalo and we saw Beauty and the Beast. And it, first of all, love it. Obviously, Disney child right here. So Gaston and fast forward through the story, Gaston and the Beast are fighting it out. And from like three seats over, my best friend Dawn starts screaming when Gaston stabs the beast. And she was so moved by that moment. She couldn't even hold it in. I love like that kind of thing for me. It stuck with me this whole time since middle school, that genuine reaction she had. Don't, don't stab the beast. I have a lot of other favorite moments in theater, but that like, she was oh, really upset. She was very upset. She was crying. I, I have two real quick ones. One is a performer. It was when I was Javert in Les Mis in, in Colorado. And I would do the su the suicide, spoiler alert, song. And, you know, he's jumping off the bridge. And, and I would always cry like one tear. That was like my, you know, superpower that I had. So, but <laughs> there were two performances in a row where I cried out my contact and that eye. And I was like, so I'm like, scrambling around like the stage oh, oh I, can't, I can't find okay we'll look for it after the show hopefully it'll be stepped on 
but we we never found it uh two nights in a row i did that and i just thought it was i'm like i'm gonna have to stop crying because i'm losing contacts but luckily i didn't have to and it stopped happening and my other one was as as a viewer i saw patrick stewart sir patrick stewart in in mcbee I guess we're not in a theater, so we could actually say the full title, but it was at the stage door and he comes out and this was probably like 10 years ago and he's, he's signing books. He doesn't look at anyone, but he's heading to his car and I'm like the last one. And he, he, all of a sudden he's like, he almost walks past me and then he stops and turns and looks at me like, you know, he was, I was the only one he made eye contact with. And he's like, are you an actor? And I'm like, yes, yes, I, 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 I am. I'm, I, you were so amazing. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, I thought so. And then he like signed my playbill and he's like, good luck to you. And then he goes off to his car. But it, the crazy thing is that he didn't make eye contact with anyone. And he's just like, seemed like he felt a presence or something. I was, so it was, I'll, I'll never forget it to this day. Oh, I have one more. Oh. <laughs> so my Patrick Stewart. Oh. Carol Burnett. Oh. I was lucky enough to stand in for her on Julie's green room. So I experienced Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews in the same moment. And two of my, oh, my icons and people that I want to emulate in my craft. And um, Carol Burnett was the most incredible storyteller. And she told me a personal story of when she was young trying to impress a producer she met at at a on stage um after i think she was going to have lunch with a friend and the friend invited her in to meet this person that she really loved and when she walked off the set she stepped into a bucket of whitewash aka white paint she just stepped in it and she was she was so embarrassed she just continued to walk out with it on her foot <laughs> <laughs> like it never happened like she meant I, to do it i and love you know what? i can I see that happening <laughs> oh anyway so had to I get that one those. in i love those thank you both for sharing those those are amazing yeah. are there any other projects or productions either of you have coming down the pipeline we might be able to plug for you well, Maestro's Magical Music Box Live is our pride and joy right now, and and all our efforts are going towards that. It opens Saturday. Ugh. Yeah, and it that honestly, our hope is that it will continue to run. That there will be extensions, mm-hmm. and beyond that, maybe there's some more shows coming down the line. We're also when once this gets open, we're going to be actively pitching kind of a new realized version of Meister's Magical Music Box. For, for the for, PBS audience. For networks. Yes. Kind of a, a different spin on, on what we already have. On the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Um, it did. It'll be a more child-led narrative. Right. Which is what everybody wants. And I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we've got a pitch deck for the YouTube channel. And so we'll be We'll be shopping that around, which is really exciting. But but yeah. there is a chance that another kids show live could be coming down the pipe too. Yeah. And we have mm-hmm. our our we have our Carter's films. We have a third one that's in post-production right now. They're those are short comedies. They're shorts that started during the pandemic because it's the only thing we could do. So the f- first two were actually virtual. 
And this third one we actually did live on an actual road trip that we took from New York to LA. And we have everyone in our in our cast in that. So that'll be coming soon. The first two are on IFT, which stands for Independent Film and Theater. So yeah. So those are for the adult audience. Yes. Those but not, they're also those kid friendly. They're, they're very funny. Yeah. So <laughs> I wrote them. <laughs> I love by Brandon. Yeah. Well, if our listeners want to get more information about Maestro's Magical Music Box Live or about either of you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? There's a few different ways. You can go to the Maestro's website, which is maestrosmagicalmusicbox.com. You can also drop us an email at our company email, which is dreamsweetfilms at gmail.com. BridgetNYC is where you can buy tickets for the live show here in Manhattan, which is also offered virtually. So I recommend that too. It's super fun. We're also both on Insta. Oh uh, yeah. Check us out on the Insta at Nikki Kasseri and, and <laughs> Brandon's is really original at the real Brandon Trammell. Nikki, Brandon, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing this incredible show. I just, your incredible stories, just all of it. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. This has been amazing too. I, I like. Yeah, thanks for I having like us. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, do we have to go? Do I have to go to my next thing? Really? Mm. Oh man. <laughs> I appreciate you guys taking the time to speak with me. I look so forward to to hopefully attending the show and to meeting you too, and and yeah. just everything. So thank you so much. Thank you. And we're, yeah, we're going to get you and your wife to the show. Comps on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My guests today have been the directors and creators of the show Maestro's Magical Music Box Live, Nikki Kasseri and Brandon Schrammel. The show is running May 6th through the 28th at the Crane Theater, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting frigid.nyc. We also have a myriad of contact information about these two and their side production companies that we're going to be posting with the episode description and on our social media. So make sure you go and follow them and you contact them and you check them out to stay on top of all their upcoming projects and productions. But right now, in the meantime, run, don't walk, to get your tickets for Maestro's Magical Music Box live playing May 6th to the 28th. It's a great show, perfect for kids age 3 to 10, but really for anyone. So make sure you check this show out. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. 
You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>